0: This episode of the Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast is brought to you by Concordia College. Advance your digital marketing career with the skills necessary to develop and launch effective search, social, and content marketing campaigns. Earn a fully online MS in digital marketing from Concordia College, New York. Your OMCP certification could qualify you for credit towards your degree. Learn more at concordia-ny.edu slash marketing.
1: Never write an ad or promotion that your landing page can't cache. You can see what the top 10 pages are on your website, but should they have been the top 10 pages on your website? Google's
0: solution to this problem of negative SEO and bad links coming into a site was the disavow tool.
1: Welcome to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast where top authors and industry leaders share authoritative best practices in online marketing.
0: Alright, welcome back to the OMCP studio and with us today we have Dan Thies. Dan has been helping his clients and friends promote their businesses online since Netscape was a startup. He's been doing SEO since before we called it SEO. Dan plays the wind chimes in his spare time and is the author of Search Engine Optimization Fast Start, one of the most popular SEO books of all times. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and today we'll be discussing best practices for changing domains. Dan, welcome to the OMCP Best Practices Podcast. I'm really amped. You're with us today.
1: Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thanks for for having me. I was excited. I think what you're doing here is really important. It's important for us to capture best practices as best we can and and get them someplace. So I'm, I'm glad I can have a chance to chip in here.
0: I'm really excited about teaching and learning about changing domains. But before we get started, for those who haven't read your books or attended your classes or heard you speak, tell our audience, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: Well, you know, Barry Schwartz called me the godfather of grunge of SEO. Um, so I guess that's good. So if I'm doing now what I've kind of always done is I, you know, I work with people, clients, friends, and students. Um, some people pay me. Some people don't. Some people, um, you know, I run a lot of tests, but I also have a lot of friends in the industry. So my favorite thing to do is, is to get in behind the scenes and look at what other people are doing and, you know, maybe help them improve it. But at the very least, you know, I can learn something from what they're doing. Um, Right now, I'm just finishing up an update of uh, the fourth edition of my link liberation training, which is about getting links without begging, borrowing, buying. And uh, we're finally, finally getting ready to actually do a public launch for our ResultFlow software. Uh, We use that to automate our content marketing processes, and it has not had a website, uh, even though we've been working on it now for about six years. So that's exciting for me.
0: Dan, where can people find your link liberation videos and where you're headed with that?
1: So um, marketersbraintrust.com is, is our main site. That's uh, the format of that is basically a news blog. So you don't find a lot of selling information on there. Um, um, link liberation, all that training is actually now hosted in a Facebook group, which is called the link liberation and universal traffic engine group. And anyone can join that. That's um, a but It's also an open group. So if you just want to look at stuff without joining, you can do that too. Highly
0: recommend joining. Dan, I know personally some of the most successful uh, online retailers that you've helped out. It's just a really impressive background. And I think you and I met 2006, somewhere around there. And I got to hear some of your teaching. I'm excited to get into this. We're going to cover changing domains, which can be, frankly, a disaster if it's not done right. It's something that a lot of people are terrified of doing. Before we started, you and I were looking at a list of some of the best practices when changing domains, you you made sure that we'd specify to say the original domain is the one you're on right now, and we're going to call the one where you're going to end up the target domain. So yeah, and up. this has worked
1: better for me than domain A and domain B, uh, just in getting people to actually do it right, because doing it wrong is bad.
0: Step two is uh, just getting the website. So step one is getting your terms right. Step one, step two is just get the website up and running on both domains, blocking search engine access to the target domain via robots.txt and HTTP or HTTP headers, and we'll explain in more detail what that means. Uh, Number three, when ready to launch once your website is working, change rel equals canonical on the original domain to point to all the URLs on the target and remove the search engine block from the target. I've seen some mistakes there so that's really good to point out. Uh, Step four, (laughs) wait for search engines to update the canonical URLs to the target domain. Five, redirect your old domain to your new domain and that's a 301 redirect 6 if the purpose of the domain name move was to escape a bad link profile block search engine access to the original domain um, 7 fill out the change of address in the Google webmasters tools 8 create a new sitemap and submit it to the engines 9 wait until the Google webmaster tools or other webmaster tools for search engines, updates, and fix any errors that it indicates in the diagnostic section. All right, so we've got our terms defined. We know the original domain. We know what the target domain is. We've acquired a real juicy one. We're happy to make the change. So in the second step, we get the website up and running on both domains, but block search engine access to the target domain via robots.txt or HTTP headers. Walk us through why that step
1: is important. Okay, so um well, getting the website up and running uh, obviously is important because if the website isn't there, people can't use it. But blocking access to the, to the to to the search engines on the target domain essentially while you're bringing bringing it up, you want it to you, you want to put people on it, right? You want to actually let you know, be able to let people get in and use it and, and and make sure that it works. but you don't want the search engines to start spidering what's essentially a copy of your website under a new domain until you are ready to actually tell them, this is the correct location. So, uh, HTTP headers is one way to stop, um, and sometimes that's the easiest thing. Uh, and sometimes it's just easier to put a disallow slash in the uh, in the robots text on the target domain.
0: And Dan, some people like to use HT access and do you advise against that or do you are well, using
1: them? HT access to send out, you know, the X robot header or whatever. I don't screw with that stuff personally. Cause I, 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 uh, I just don't have a need to when I can solve the problem with robots.txt. but in some cases it's actually easier, uh, just to manage that through a, HT access rules. So depending on mm-hmm. the, the size of the site, and how many people might be hitting it, um, it might be easier to just deal with everything with headers next step we see is
0: when you're ready to launch website is up and working and the team can execute we start working with rel canonical
1: yes and so you're trying to do a couple of things at the same time on two different websites so you want the original domain uh to have rel equals canonical so the canonical link tag on every page points to that on the new domain and at the same time because as soon as you do that search engines are going to start picking up those pages and within minutes to hours uh they'll be fetching urls from the new from the target domain and uh and so you want that search engine block so if it's if it's robots text you can just remove that disallow directive um and uh and change rel canonical on the original and so now i i guess it's probably worth i mean probably half the people listening at least will understand that search engines don't index urls they index documents and so the index is this big list of words and, and you know, sorry each word, there's a little chunk of index that tells you all the places where it, that word can be found on the web. And, but that does, you know, it's, it, you know, there's a bunch of listings for the word defenestration somewhere, and but they don't have the URL. They have the document ID and that document can actually have multiple URLs. So what we're trying to do is change the document is there. The document is doing fine. It's ranking wherever it is. We want to change the URL without having the, having the, the 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 document drop off the web or or having um you know two versions of the document and two two different urls that are actually the same document that aren't recognized as that so by uh by going to canonical right away so the search engine are going to continue to show the the existing website as, as they crawl through and get the right canonical domain on all of those pages. That takes time. You can actually do the change of address once you've got that set up, but I prefer to wait until the redirects are in because we want to be really well and completely done with it when we do that. So that's that's it, though. You change equals canonical and get that robots text block or those H, the HTTP header block removed, and the search engines will start uh, crawling the new site. In the short future here, we're going to
0: move to our 301 redirects, but while we're waiting for the search engines to update the canonical URLs to the target domain, uh, how can we know what the progress is? Is there some way that we can find out if that's happening?
1: Um, There are lots of scrapey ways to do it. Um, What... We typically do is we'll grab a sample of URLs out of the sitemap. So randomly grab like a hundred URLs out of the sitemap, and then go do an info search on on those. And we want them to actually show up when we do an info search on Google uh, with the new domain. When they when 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 that happens, then you can say, okay, well Google has is is telling people who are asking about the old domain that they should be looking at the new domain. You're good. And this tip, you know, this this uh, for a giant site, this can take a lot longer. Uh, for uh, you know for a 100 200 page you know blog or whatever it's it's a week
0: all right so we are now sure that we have uh the majority of the canonical urls uh exhausted. yeah i mean it
1: starts slow and it goes fast if you've got crawl budget issues or like i say if you have got a million pages that takes a month and a half for it to get crawled okay well you probably want to wait a mm-hmm. month and a half but it basically it it'll update at the speed of indexing um yeah once uh once we feel happy and we're ready to to do the do then we can 301 redirect all of the pages on the old domain to the corresponding pages on the new domain um i would caution you that if you do this before you've actually essentially moved in the search engine's eyes um there's lots lo- a lot more ways that you can screw this up um and uh, and just you know, we've we've never seen a smooth change when somebody just threw 301 redirected, which you wouldn't expect, and we haven't seen a smooth change where somebody just used the change of address form, which is why we go through all of this two-step dance in advance before we before we redirect anything.
0: So Dan, in some cases, people are looking to get away from a less than optimal link profile. Maybe there's been some links that were obtained without uh, everything on the up and up. Uh, if somebody is escaping that toxic scenario, what are some steps that, additional steps they need to make? So,
1: the, and this is just, I mean, really it's, it's obviously a very, very last resort kind of move, but, um, you've got all this content. It's all, you know, whatever they've got indexed is indexed. It's, I mean, it's, you know, 10 years ago, a penalty basically meant they just dropped your pages and buy But <laughs> well, you know, now things are a little more subtle. Right. And so, um, if you're trying to just, you know, I want to leave these toxic links behind, then, uh then you can do this canonical two-step thing to actually switch your domain and then you can simply slap a robot's text file on the old domain which cuts all of the links So if you disallow everything then any links to any page that they find will meet a dead-end road um at your original domain and so so um so you don't have that that to worry about and and you know, we've had to take a couple people through this just because of the amount of time involved in cleanup uh, to get a manual pen to remove. We simply changed domains, blocked the old one with robots.txt, and said, well, now none of those links do anything because they can't get past the, old, uh, the original domain. Um, when we do that, we typically do that where we're still 301 redirecting everything for everybody, and the only thing that we're serving up without a redirect is a robots.txt file. Or, again, you can also do it with headers. Um, but, uh, but we're only serving up a robot's text file, and you know, we don't restrict that to search engines and no need to cloak it. But that's really the only file that, that, that delivers a 200 on that, whole domain everything else uh, returns a 301 so it's it's there's a little bit of you know engineering and and, you know HT access hacking and whatever involved in in, in doing it but if you are trying to you know not just you know get rid of uh, you know a bad brand name or something like that uh, but if you're actually trying to you know completely eliminate the old link profile then uh, then you you can do that through this although I would recommend spending more time with both domains running and at least having, um, you know, you're promoting the new the, the target domain instead of the original domain in your marketing uh, so that you can start to build some links to that because uh, obviously you're still going to want some. But on the other hand, yep, you yep. can get links just by doing marketing. You don't have to go and, and beg and stuff like that. But if you have people that are in resource pages or whatever, you know, let them know you're moving and get them to move the links as early as you can.
0: Now, the change of address form in Google Webmaster Tools, and I'm sure there's uh, one in Bing and some of the other major search engines as well, anything special about that or is that just the right time to do it? Go do it.
1: In theory, you could do this before you did the 301 redirect. Um, It's one of those things that that the behavior of it isn't well documented and we're not given any kind of assurance about how it's going to work. What we're doing here is what the change of address form should do except the change of address form and a lot of the stuff you do in webmaster tools doesn't actually instantly change everything they only update things as they crawl and so um you can update something in Webmaster Tools and think it's good, but actually realize that it might take weeks for them to actually catch up to that. So disavow works the same way; right? it doesn't immediately disavow. It disavows as it is a crawl through.
0: Now, at what point is it time to submit a new sitemap for the target? Domain? As soon
1: as it's up, you're ready to submit a sitemap. Um, uh, you know, in in. Ideally, you've got sitemaps going, and so. But when you do the change of address form, and and that's when you've that's when you're claiming the property. So you're basically creating the new property in Webmaster Tools, and and then you're doing the change of address from one to the other. Um, I don't want to get down to the, the details of the step by step on there because it's subject to change, and it's you know, if you Google change of address Webmaster Tools, you'll get to the docs, and Google will tell you exactly what your steps are. But um, Really, ideally, your website spits out a sitemap that is updated on a regular basis at all times, and this is not being done by hand.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And then even though uh, it ended up as vestigial, it is is important, uh, as Dan mentions, to just monitor the uh, results and make sure that uh, Webmaster Tools and the search engine results actually uh, are what you expected to see, because sometimes we see something show up and we don't get notified, so it's really important to stay on top of that. Yes, you
1: can get a lot out of just paying attention to things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep.
1: Even the errors file
0: in our Apache logs, should we be using that? Yeah. <laughs> something often overlooked. All right, Dan, so we've, we've covered the steps here, and these are uh, largely aligned with the omcp best practices they will be on the exams but outside of that any final guidelines that uh, you'd like to share that apply to moving domains
1: i think the biggest thing is if you're changing domains even um even when you're not um not doing anything inordinately crazy right so we're gonna we've got we've got our, our original domain we've got our target domain we do the canonical uh steps everything switches even then, um, I think it's important to, to recognize that you should be building links, um, which again, I, I, I say building links I, m- I might simply mean doing marketing that includes that the, the, the target domain as opposed to the original domain um, as early as possible and once you've got that website up and working, you should be marketing that website and that helps you, you know, drive links into it and that's going to help you with uh, not seeing a dip down the road so we, we can expect to doing this kind of canonical two-step move that we don't see any disruption of our search results as a result of the move Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't see a dip because if you if you do stop you know stop marketing and stop making noise on the web we see all the time where people decide that they don't need to do you know any marketing at all because they can just coast on search results and they see a dip not too much farther down the road
0: for those of you who uh, haven't heard it uh, Deborah Mastaller was a guest on the OMCP best practices podcast on some leak-building techniques And that's a useful one to check out. That is all the time that we have today. A big thank you to Dan Thies. Check out Dan's blog at marketersbraintrust.com. His link liberation group on Facebook and coming soon, an actual website at resultsflow.com. That's result singular, resultflow.com. Dan, are there other places where people can engage with
1: you? I actually try to pipe everything into Slack now, so I don't even like to get emails. And if I do, I hope they get forwarded to me in Slack. But um, one of the ways that you can reach me in Slack is just go to um, either to my personal page or the Marketer's Brain Trust page on Facebook and send me a message. And I'm happy to answer questions for anybody that has any questions about what we talked about today.
0: Thanks, Dan. And so, listeners, what Dan shared today is very well aligned with the OMCP standards, the competencies, and it will be on the exam. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and you've been listening to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast. OMCP maintains the certification standards for the online marketing industry in cooperation with industry leaders, just like Dan. Join us inside of OMCP to maintain your certification, get special offers, and engage with other certified professionals, universities, and training programs that teach to the OMCP standards. Membership is only $40 each year, so we'll see you inside of OMCP as a certified professional. What we'll be learning and improving our professional careers and teams together.